Hey, welcome to the Scattered Saints podcast. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon from our Essential series. This morning we have Pastor Jeremy Wolfram preaching about a breath of fresh air and what that can do for your life. So why don't we just uh, jump right to it. Here's Pastor Jeremy Wolfram continuing our Essential series. As we talk about the things in life that are essential, the most vital to life for us, If you stop and take a minute to think about it, usually it's the things that are most essential and most critical to our lives that become the things that we take for granted and we forget about. Now, if you go back to Genesis, to this story of creation and the account of what God is doing in the earth at the very beginning of time, the Bible says the earth was without form and void, but his spirit was moving. His spirit was hovering. And I find it really interesting that in Genesis, God starts to make order out of chaos. He starts to bring the world together. He begins to separate the water from the land, and he puts the sun and the moon in the sky, and he deals with the stars, and he starts creating so many things. But it comes to a certain point where he says, let's make man in our likeness. And so it says from the dust of the earth, he begins to form man. And it says this in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, it says, and the Lord God formed a man's body from the dust of the ground. And listen to this. It says he breathed into it. He breathed into man the breath of life. I mean, I would say breath is pretty essential, but it's something that we all kind of go about our days not thinking about. I think sometimes we forget how essential the life breath of God in us is until we find it difficult to breathe. I remember as a kid growing up with asthma and having to learn how to control my breathing because I couldn't run like every other kid could run. I couldn't do certain things the way I just thought I should because there was something wrong with the way my breathing would work if I didn't watch myself. It's interesting being the kid that has to tell the soccer coach, I need to come off and sub off because you realize that when you get short of breath, it's a real scary thing. I remember going through moments in life where I would end up in the hospital on a ventilator because I hadn't learned yet. And from this stage of about eight or nine years old to about 13, 14, it was this understanding that I had to take on of how important my breathing was and what to watch for and what to look for. But I wonder this, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, what's the breath of God doing in you? What's it doing in me? Do we know when to stop, when to pause, what to look for? Because I can tell you this, when you start losing your breath, things get pretty scary. As we come back to the story of creation, Isaiah 42 verse 5 says this. It says, God the Lord created the heavens. He stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. And he gives breath and life to everyone in all the world. If you're ever in an emergency uh, or somebody passes out or, or something happens, one of the first things that you need to check is whether or not they're breathing. And it's not only about checking whether or not someone is breathing, but how are they breathing? What's the rhythm of their breathing? What is going on with them? Because 
The life, breath in a person makes all the difference in the world when it comes to the body being able to heal, restoration, all those things. And when we talk about breath being essential, we come to a place where we just need to understand and we need to know a few things about breath. See, I would argue to say that just because something has breath doesn't mean that everything's okay. Just because there is a measure of breath it doesn't mean that everything's going to be fine or all right because you can have shortness of breath, you can have irregular breathing, you can have complications with your breathing, and if not treated properly or quickly, it can take a huge turn on whether or not you survive. But not only survive, but whether or not you actually thrive in life. You see, poor breathing can cause a whole lot of medical conditions. Some of the things it causes is fog, dizziness, anxiety, shortness of breath can even cause neck and shoulder pain. But one of the scariest things is actually that when you're not breathing right, you can actually be caused to have a numbness about you. Isn't that interesting? I think a lot of times when we follow Jesus and as we walk with Him, we don't understand why we have this mental fog hanging around us. Sometimes we're anxious in the things that God calls us to. Sometimes we think, okay, God, I'm breathing. I'm trying to do what you've asked me to do. But sometimes it just isn't working and we get struck with this numbness, this feeling that we're not going to be able to move forward, that we're not going to be able to move on. And, and so we have to realize that just because there's breath doesn't mean everything is okay. I actually believe the following is that when we follow Jesus, we've been given a fresh breath of life because of the grace of God and what He wants to do in us and through us. But we have to monitor that. We have to regulate that. We have to be those that look to the breath of God in our lives and know what's going on. When's the last time you checked? When's the last time you said, what's my breathing like? What is the spiritual tempo of the breath of God in my life? Because perhaps some of the numbness, perhaps some of the things that you're feeling, the pain could actually find some healing and restoration with some fresh breath. You know, another thing that I think is so important for us to understand about breath and breathing is the fact that just because something lacks breath doesn't necessarily mean that it's over. Just because there's been a shortness of breath, just because it looks like some things are dead and dying, with God it doesn't mean that there's no life or hope left to be found. And in Ezekiel 37, there's a story where Ezekiel is brought out to this valley. He's brought out to this place where he gets asked to look over this valley and all he sees is bones. All he sees is bones. Uh, dried out, lacking life, dead bones strewn out across this whole valley. And, and the Holy Spirit brings him here. God brings him to this place and he says, what do you see? And, and he's trying to teach him something and show him something. And, and I hope we understand that when we talk about what's essential in our lives, breath is so important and the life of God in us is so important. But just because you're in a place where you feel like maybe you're dry Maybe you even feel like you're dying. 
Maybe you feel like I've been dry and dead for a long time. I would tell you today that just because you lack breath right now, it doesn't mean that it's over. Just because you've lost your breath for the call and purpose and the things that God created you for, I believe that God wants to put life in you. See, this is what he said to Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 37. He says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me around among the old dry bones that covered the valley floor, and they were scattered everywhere across the ground. But then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become a living person again? Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Can I suggest to you today that God, by His Spirit, knows what kind of life and power He has when He breathes into a situation, but He just doesn't stop there. He actually wants you and me to experience that life for ourselves. Often we look at our lives and we look at people around us and we think, God, this is dead. It's gone. I don't know what you can do with it. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will come to you and he will ask you a question. He says, what do you think about this? Do you think this can have life again? Do you think this can be restored? And sometimes the answer we want to have is just like Ezekiel, we want to say, God, I don't, I don't want to put out a big faith statement. I don't want to put out an answer. God, I'm going to put it back to you and I'm going to say, God, only you know that. And we're right in making that response, but we're also maybe a little bit lacking in what God's called us to because God not only knows the power and life that he has through his spirit, he wants us to know it as well. And so he begins to speak and he begins to move amongst this valley of dry bones and he starts to give Ezekiel some steps to take and some answers for what does this mean for me and what does this look like and as we talk about the essentials of following Jesus if we talk about essentials for life you don't even have to believe in Jesus and him wanting a relationship with you to realize that breath is essential for your day-to-day living but I want you to understand that there is a life of God. There is a breath of God. There is a spirit of God that wants to move in our lives that lets us know his authority, his power, his strength, and his grace in a fresh and real way. And it doesn't matter if we feel like uh, we got it all under control. We're trying to do our best breathing on our own. We're trying to make the best of things, but oftentimes, sometimes we've even given up. And we just say it's too late for that. It's gone. It's dead. It's over. But God wants us to know that there is a breath of life and there is a breath of His Spirit that can move and bring something new in your life and my life. But when we ask ourselves the question, if we understand breath is so essential, what does this have to do with me and what's supposed to be my response to it? I believe that we can respond three ways. I think the first way that we respond is by looking to our lives and saying that God... If you say that there is life from you, if you say that this can change and that the dry, dead bones of my life can live, then what I need to do is respond and say, Jesus, I believe that there is life to be found when I allow you to put fresh breath and a fresh move of your spirit in my heart. Psalm 104 verse 30 says this. It says, you send forth your spirit and you give them breath. They are created and you replenish the face of the ground. 
The writer of Psalms is talking about how everything has its being and its moving and living because of the breath and life of a creative God who wants to move in our lives. But it says that he actually replenishes and he restores when everything seems to be like on the ground level and for nothing and spread out. It says that God not only created us to put breath in us, he wants to come and replenish the face of the earth. He wants to move by his spirit and he wants to move in your life and my life. So breath is important. The Bible says in the book of Acts that it's in him we exist. It's only because of the life of God and because the breath of God and the things he put into motion at the foundations of the earth. It's only because of that we actually have the opportunity to exist in our humanity. But can I tell you, in your walking with Jesus one step at a time, you need to learn to live and exist in the breath and life of God. Because we sometimes go after so many structures and systems and things, but we actually only try and truly find life and breath when we come to Jesus. And we say, God, by your Holy Spirit, would you breathe fresh life into me? Would you move on my behalf? You know, in Ezekiel 37 verse 5, it says, I will cause breath to enter into you and you will live again. He's talking about the bones and he says, I will cause breath to enter this place and there will be life again. Maybe you're here and maybe you're watching from wherever you are in this moment, but you need to hear that. That breath is essential, but guess what? God wants to bring a fresh move of his spirit and life to you today. So we understand that there's life to be found in the breath of God. But, you know, we take it one step further. And when we begin to look at what God is saying in the scripture here, we have a call and we have an action to make. And if the life breath of God, if the spirit of God is so essential to our walking with him, we actually need to learn to participate with what God is doing. And like Ezekiel follow in step with where Jesus wants to take us. And one of the things that he said to Ezekiel was, he says, you need to prophesy to the breath. And now for some of us, that seems really weird and really strange, but we need to say what God says about situations and about circumstances. And we actually need to prophesy and call and invite the breath and life of God and his spirit into those situations. There's a participation action in these moments and in these places. In Ezekiel 37, verse 9 and 10, it says this. It says, Then he said to me, Speak to the winds and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe to these dead bodies so they may live again. So it says this, So I spoke as he commanded me, and the wind entered the bodies, and they began to breathe, and they all came to life and stood up on their feet. Isn't that amazing that the breath and life of God wants to move in your situation? God, by His Spirit, wants to come in. He wants to blow upon the dry and dead areas of our lives. He wants to see us as even different than we see ourselves because He knows what His Spirit can do in us. And sometimes we look at situations and we need to ask God to send His Spirit so we can see others and we can see our situations the way that He sees us. But we must participate and we get to prophesy to the breath. We get to speak what God speaks 
over situations. We get to take this book, the Word of God, and we get to use a word that works and say, God, your word says, and this is who you are, and this is what you want to do. And, and we actively begin to realize that training our breathing and moving in our day-to-day -day actually requires to activate some of the things that he's already put in us. So we prophesy to the breath. We participate with what God is saying because we believe that there's life when God moves by His Spirit. The breath of God is so essential because every single one of us needs to be reminded from time to time that there's life to be found when we allow God's Spirit to breathe and move upon us. There is no situation that God can't move upon by His Spirit, and sometimes we doubt, and sometimes we question, and sometimes we want to put it back on God, but we actually have a responsibility to get active with God's Word, and what He says, and what He has said, and say, God, I'm going to speak what you speak, and I'm going to speak by your Spirit, that life can come into these areas. But lastly, I think it's so important that we realize it's time for us to wait on His Spirit again. See, Matthew Henry said this, even dead and dry bones begin to move when they're called to hear the Word of the Lord. And, and, and it's time, I think, again, that as a people of God, as those who follow Jesus, as those who say we're going to go after all the things that He has for us, I think it's time that we come back to a place in a season where we actually wait. There's this word that used to get used around church a lot, and we don't use it as much anymore, but we, we tarry. We're waiting for God to come and do what only He can do. And I'll be honest, I love systems, structures, I love moving forward and all those things, but there are certain things that can only be broken and opened up and moved into by waiting on the life and presence and Spirit of God. And I'm just going to say it, we need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit and a fresh wave of us inviting the Spirit of God into our lives, into our homes, into our churches, because it's the only thing that's going to change our communities. So we have to wait sometimes. You know, and we can say, I thought we were just talking about breath and the life of God. No, we're actually talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. You know, in that verse in Psalms 104, the Greek word used there is this word ruah. And the Greek word actually has three English meanings. And the three English words that Ruah is translated into is pretty profound. It, it's translated into breath, it's translated into wind, and it's translated into spirit. In Ezekiel 37 verse 14, the promise of God was that I will put my breath in you by my spirit and you will live. That he says, by my spirit I will put my breath in you and you will live. There is something about the activation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can talk about the baptism of the Spirit. We can talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We can talk about so many things that the Spirit of God wants to do in each and every one of us as we follow Jesus, how one step at a time. But until we invite Him in, until we wait, until we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You're welcome in my home. You're welcome in my life. You're welcome in our churches. 
There are certain things that we will never be able to do without the move of the Spirit of God and the breath of God blowing once again. See, the Bible in the New Testament in John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus came to the disciples. And this is a really weird picture because this is after Jesus died, was buried and resurrected, and he's in one of his conversations with the disciples. And it says that Jesus breathed on them. I mean, that's kind of a weird thing. If your boss just walks up to you and breathes on you, I mean, it's COVID times. We shouldn't be doing that right now. But it says Jesus breathed on them. And there was this symbol that Jesus knew was so throughout the writings of Scripture that it is something about the breath and life of God. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to send you with power and I'm going to send you with my strength and I'm going to send you with everything that you need that you can move by the Spirit of God. But just a little bit later, he actually tells them to wait. He tells them, don't go on your mission until you wait. I'm going to send the Comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And when the Holy Spirit comes, Acts chapter 1, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, then you will be empowered. Then you will know what I'm calling to you. Then you will live in and move in and and live your life and breathe what I breathe into this world. And you will see things happen by my Spirit that you will not see on your own. So they wait. And the interesting thing is in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, it says, while they were waiting, while they were meeting, while they were praying, there was a sound of a rushing, mighty wind, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. It's so crazy how this book takes everything from creation to a guy named Ezekiel in the Old Testament in a vision of a valley of dry bones to Jesus and his disciples to the start of the church and it speaks to us today that God wants to breathe the breath of his spirit in your life and my life. God wants to move in our churches and in our communities by the wind of his spirit. There is something essential about the breath of God, the Spirit of God, and the wind of God's Spirit moving in and around us, but even going before us. So where does that leave us? Well, I think for some, we need to come to a place where we realize that we need some fresh life inside of us. We need a fresh move of the Spirit of God in our own hearts. And when it starts in our own hearts, it will grow into the circles and spheres around us. But sometimes that means we're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait for God to move and do something on the inside of us so we can move in power and that His Spirit blows through us to the places that we go and makes a way for us to cause many to understand the plan and the purpose that Jesus has for them. But for some of you today, you would say, well, I I don't even understand all of this. I mean, I know I need breath to live, but 
I mean, I struggle through life. I'm doing my own thing. Can I let you know today, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, that He wants to put a fresh life in you? He wants to refresh your heart and your soul by a relationship with Jesus. He wants to move in a way that you've never known before. And right now you're feeling this twinge in your heart. And that's really Jesus saying, I want to walk with you one step at a time all the days of your life. The Bible says that God sent Jesus not to condemn the world, but to save it. That anyone, anyone who would call upon his name and would receive him can be in relationship with him. He wants to walk with you. He wants to walk beside you. He wants to teach you what it means to walk in the life of God. And we want to give you that opportunity. And so if you want to give your life to Jesus, we're going to pray a prayer and we're going to start a journey with Jesus. And we'd love to walk with you, but this prayer is a start. So if that's you and you want to receive Jesus into your life, the link's going to come up in the description or in the chat and you can click what it is to start a relationship with Jesus. But we're going to start with a prayer. We're going to say, Dear Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. Now more than ever. Would you come into my life? Would you forgive me of my sin? I give you my sin. I give you my shame. I give you my wins. I give you my successes. I'm all yours. Jesus, I'm following you one step at a time for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, it's amazing when people get to step into that journey with Jesus. And I think even as I was praying that prayer, some of us can remember that first phrase, Jesus, I need you, I need you, I need you. Maybe we need to go away and take some time and just put ourselves in that posture. Saying, God, I'm here. I'm going to wait. I need you. I need your breath. I need your spirit. I need you to move in the dead and dry areas of my life. I need you to blow and show me which way to go. Because there are certain things that can only be done by the breath and life of God and spirit of God at work within us than what we can do on our own. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Scattered Saints podcast again this week. That was a great sermon from Pastor Jeremy Wolfram. And if you'd like to learn more about who Jesus is, why he came to earth, why he died on the cross, head over to scatteredsaints.ca slash Jesus, and you'll find all kinds of information there. You can connect it to the local church. We would love to have you come join us in person. We meet in West Edmonton and in Stony Plain. So if you'd like to come out on a Sunday morning, we'd love to see you there. Head to scatteredsaints.ca for more information. But as always, we'll see you again next week. Have a great week.